It's all, you know, like Shakespeare. It's all a three-act play. So that's how you write a book? Yeah, any kind of a book. There's the setup, conflict, and resolution. And you write the last chapter first? Well, you got to have a direction to go in. Yeah, it's right. Not set, it just gives you a direction. Yeah. And if you get to the end of it and you don't like the ending, then you're writing the story, change it. <laughs> yeah. But at least, you you know, from day one, you're pointing in the right direction. Because sometimes you get in there and you don't know what your book is supposed to be, or what it's supposed to say. To reverse engineer your book. Yeah, basically, that's what And I got one called um, The Shaper, which is about a surfboard shaper. And, you know, it's about they're coming out, not coming out, that's a bad one. <laughs> it's a coming of age story you know, of a young guy and an old uh, surfboard shaper. But the moral of the story in the last line was, you ain't carrying a brother, you ain't shit. Yeah. And a kid has to learn about thinking about somebody besides himself, and then his life starts coming online. Those kind of stories. Wow. So what's your end story of this latest memoir? Uh, living to 72. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And did you get professional training in writing a book? Yeah, I, went, I was a gifted writer. I was in a writer's program in the States in college. Mm -hmm. Gifted writer's program? Yeah. And that's the name of the program, the Gifted well, Writers? Well, what, in 1965, I graduated from high school in 65, the, the um, kind of the professors of English in the western states of the United States hadn't really had a uh, best-selling great American novel. So the deal was they went around and found gifted writers and put them in a program to produce the next great American novel. That was that was the brief, and I was the youngest kid in the program. But my heroes rode surfboards, so it just kind of didn't go that way. <laughs> I did the program, rode for magazines and newspapers and stuff, and built surfboards my whole life. You've, you're right. You've sculpted your whole life. Yeah. And run a muck, obviously. Obviously, run a muck. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic that you learn how to write, went to sculpting, and now come full circle to write what you've learned. Yeah. Well, it was. Like, my memoir isn't about me, it's about all the people that made me who I am. It's about the mentors and the adventures and the lessons at every one of the chapters it's 500 pages long now and, I'm, and that's typewritten i've got i don't know what i'm going to shorten the damn thing down to something publishable do you indie publish yourself i have some, my other books i've got i think 11 11 titles out now but i've who's your publisher uh it's a, it's a publisher in the states it's just they do it on through amazon Okay. Bookstores are dead. Yeah. 
So you sell through Amazon? Yeah, don't. Bookstores don't pay their bills, and they're dead. Yeah. And it's been going that way since, um, oh, for nearly 20 years. They used to be, I went back to the States to get an award last year, or a year before last, and a friend of mine wanted me to pick up some books. I, all the, I grew up in Santa Barbara. There used to be five bookstores there. Now there's one at the campus, and there's one in town. Yeah. And the Barnes and Noble and all the major ones have just gone bust. They've just closed up and quit because of Amazon. But people don't read books anymore. What you write the books for is they haven't made into movies or, or audio. Or yeah, audio, but movies or uh, what do they call mini series? What's that? Or mini series? Oh yes. So you know you kind of you get a good story. You get because my mine's all about characters. My books are all about characters. You take bizarre people. Throw them in a bizarre situation just to watch the fur fly. <laughs> you don't even have to think up the stuff. You just think, what would this guy do to that guy? And you've got a story. Going to college. This is why, you know, kids, I think every kid should go to college. University? Well, it's, you don't have to take, you know, you, you don't have to be a doctor, but the thing is it teaches you how to deal with problems, you know, it teaches you how to set things out, which some kids learn it in an apprenticeship, some kids just go through life and never learn it, mm. but it just teaches you how to, um, be a student of life. Well, what you mean? No. how to look at it and, and take out the good stuff and know what to throw away and what to keep. Yeah. It's just a method of thinking. Everybody eventually gets it. But it's kind of nice if you, you know, if you're like 25 years old and you've got it. Because by the time you're 50 years old, you've got it anyway. But you could have probably done it a bit better if you'd learned it earlier. Elaborate on that. What, what do you mean? Well, there's just, I'm just trying to give you a, a yeah. metaphor, if you like. Yeah, analogy, a metaphor. Yeah, it's just, it's doing things in the right order. It's seeing things, you know, for what they are. It's understanding more of the world you live in. You know, understanding, understanding enough about physics to know what global warming is, if you like. Mm -hmm. Understanding, uh, enough about psychology that you understand that you know everybody's not perfect and you got to deal with things differently with some people than others tolerance situational awareness yep and then there's technical problems understanding physics so that you can just make the little things in life work easier 
And you learned that at college? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basic physics, but it's, you know, you learn about gravity and what it does and how, and engineering teaches you how to use all that stuff to the maximum. Mm. You don't have to be an engineer, but if everybody had a little bit of it, they'd be nicer and easier on their cars and their bikes and their everything else. So by going to university, I might be way off, but what I'm hearing is you, when you go to university or college, America or Australia, you have a better understanding of the world that we know it, whether it be engineering, or is that just general or specific? Uh, it's, well, the thing is when you go there, you're with people your own age who are, you, just by being there, you're in a situation where you're being exposed to a lot of stuff really quickly. Yeah. I mean, just being on campus at that age, being on campus when you're 17 years old and some of the people on the campus are 25 years old, there's a pretty, you know, it changes it socially, it changes everything about you. Some people aren't cut out for it. No. They don't like the structure, they don't like the... But the thing is, it's somewhere in their life, they got to learn how to do things, in which order to do things in. Yeah, right. So, at university, they teach you that structure, they teach you that system. They teach you how to teach other people, even. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's a, it's just a way of thinking. Yeah. Problem solving. Relax, buddy. Words, words like risk assessment and stuff that we hear now. When I was going to college, those, those words didn't exist. Yeah, right. You know, understanding evolution, understanding um, watersheds, understanding, you know, the how the geology around you works. Mm. The thing is, you also meet the biggest nerds and the biggest elitist pricks you're ever going to know in your life in college, too. <laughs> That's where a lot of my lessons came from. The other guy. Yeah, learning from the other guy. I went, to go, I went to college with guys who were like Donald Trump. You went to college with Donald Trump? No, no. I, he, he is as old as I am. I went to college with guys that are like him. Yeah. Privileged, never worked a day in their lives. They have a sense of entitlement. They treat everybody like crap. Arrogant. They're fun to take down. Yeah. What college did you go to? UCSB. USB? UCSB. What's that? Uh, University of California, Santa Barbara. Yeah. And uh, Santa Barbara City College. Okay. Took courses in both of them. Sorry? I took courses in both of them at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I was a high energy kid. <laughs>
Do so you have a time limit on your book? Mine? Sorry? Time limit? No. No, it tells me when it's finished. My wife's an artist, she's the same, same deal. Your project tells you, it says no more. Quit <laughs> worrying about it. This is it. Desist. And do you have a certain way of writing on, on your... Oh, I write everything in the first person, so I create characters. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, are, are you a reader? Yeah, a wee bit. Okay. Have you ever read any of the Harry Potter stories, just to be general? Uh, no, I, I, read, I read all the other type of books. Okay, well, Harry Potter, just to give you an example, always starts off in the cupboard underneath the stairs with his stepbrother or whatever he is, cousin, giving him a bad time. Mm. That's called playing the empathy card. The audience immediately loves your character, is on his side. You smack that one down, and your hero will have the support of his audience. Okay, so you smack your hero down. Well, you just you put the hero in a situation where you want to be on his side. You want him to win. Yeah, as the audience. Yeah, as the, uh, as a reader. Yeah. And then you know you've got your anti-heroes. You've got your your villain. You got a villain. It's not always a villain. Sometimes it's just yeah. life situation. Yeah. Yeah, right. So it could be the situation. Is it not actually a person? <laughs> yeah, it's it could just, be an event. It could be an event. It yeah. could be. I mean, there's. Uh, I mean, I haven't read many books in the last ten years because I've been writing constantly for ten years. So it's. Mm -hmm. Uh, the basis wouldn't, the rules wouldn't really change, would they? No, no, the rules don't change. It's just that they're just things that need to be said, I, I think. And it's a, a lot of my books are about morality. I just, I've got a trilogy that's that seems to be doing pretty well, and it's the moral of the trilogy is you can't solve all the world's problems with a first millennial maintenance manual. <laughs> Bible, the Quran, or any of this stuff to <laughs> enrage people against other people. Well, you don't want to do that, do you? No. I mean, it's not what the purpose of the book. No, no, that's what people do. I grew up in a multicultural place, and that's what I really love about Australia. It's just. Yeah. It's, um, what would this country be without its Greek milk bars? <laughs> great. Great Greek milk bars. Milk bars. Remember those? When you were a kid, did they have Greek milk bars? No. All the milk bars. You know where you got your milkshakes and stuff. A milk bar. Oh, gosh. Our fish and chip shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that was what 1970 was. was Dude, I was born in the 80s. Yeah, the, oh, Jesus. So the Greeks, <laughs> the Greeks moved out here, and they're really poor. They'd all move into one house. There were about four families living in there. And they'd pool their money, and they'd buy a, either a fruit shop 
or a milk bar. Yeah. And everybody in the family would work in there and they'd save their money and save their money and then they would buy a, they would buy a house or they would put money into one of the other people that are living in the house and then they would buy a business. They would have their own little uh, way of making it work for their people. It worked really hard. You know, the family poured everything into the rest of the family. I thought it was pretty cool. Did you get down around Wollongong and see all the Greek milk bars and the fruit bars and stuff? <laughs> yeah, so they just They're all one family. It just started all of that stuff. Yeah, came over with nothing. And went, this is an opportunity to do this. I think that's pretty cool. Just a couple, man. No, not many. I haven't had a massage in about three years. Yeah, you better be telling me that. So the aim of the game is to loosen it all off. I'm finding all the contraindications, looking for anything else that's causing you a bit of grief. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, loosen the hammies and get these glutes working, and you're sorted. You ride the horse? Sorry? You ride the horse? No, he's 37 years old. He is? Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, my daughter just, my daughter bought this house, she bought 10 acres, and the horse came with it. Yeah. And the old gal that had it said, oh, I'll have the horse put down. And my daughter had always had horses and loved horses. I went, oh, no, you can't, can't put him down. And he was a bag of bones. Mm. Now he looks like a racehorse. Oh, wow. But really? It's been four years. She's taken from a mangy looking bag of bones to. But he's getting old and feeble. Yeah. You know, just as. Doesn't drink enough water so he can stay on his case. So he's nearing the end. Yeah. Just what's a, what's a... Oh, they only usually live to be about 20 years old. Wow. Why has he got so long? Uh, just got a good constitution. He's a lovely old thing. He's got a good disposition. Nice. I grew up on a farm in the States before I moved to California. And I, was, I love animals. They have a way of communicating with you. Yeah. Got a lot of spirit, don't they? Yeah. Even when they're in the playoffs here, I've got a few Canadian mates on the coast and we'll get up at 5 a.m. and watch the games. Oh. That's what I call a massage. It's real nice whenever they get the dog. Oh. Good morning. Are you read? No. Hello. Yeah, who's that? Oh, yeah, who's that? Oh, my name's Matty. 
Mari just walked in. You know, someone says hello to Mari. How are you? Hey. 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 when I was 50. 50? Yeah. Oh, so you had a lot then. <laughs> I haven't had many, but the first one, my wife bought me one. I lost my first wife to cancer and my second wife's a lot more into uh, this type of thing. She just bought me a massage. I said, what the hell for? That's the most personal thing anybody's ever bought me. Nice. 
Very personal. Better than a pair of socks, I'll tell you. Oh no! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> As long as there's jokes with those socks, I'm happy. It never occurred to me to have a massage before. I mean, in the '60s, there just wasn't. They just, you just never heard of such a thing. No. I mean, it's been in history for a long time, but it's not a. Yeah, it's not part of the health regime that. Now well, it should today. it should be. Oh, uh, it's becoming that way. And my wife goes has one, and she goes to Cancha, uh, a nuisance, about once a month. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it is becoming that way. I mean, what it can actually do, just from oh. Rubbing off the dead skin, you know, yeah. moisturizing the skin, putting the hydration back in to increasing blood flow, which removes any toxicity yeah. from stripping out the muscles. So then we've got new blood, old blood. Let's, let's look at the basics of yeah. what massage is doing is increasing blood flow up to 70 to 80%. By doing that, you're, you're healing, helping the body heal itself, pumping it up and then the organs start kicking on. And then let's look at the next thing, the lymphatic system. What's it doing in the lymphatics? It's the only way to get your lymphatic system working is either through physical touch, like this, and just moving it around, or getting the heart rate up, which pumps blood, right? Yeah. But then it also, when you get the heart rate up, you're creating sweat. Uh, and heating up the body and sweating yeah. is what causes the lymphatics to move. Because the lymphatic system doesn't have its own Just pump. Here's a backpacker. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah you need to be actively moving to get the, the lymph <laughs> nodes <laughs> moving. That's why when you get crook, it's better to go to you know go do a hard day's of work. Most of the time. Yeah. I mean, if you got bronchitis or, or a hardcore flu, it's the last thing you want to do. Yeah. No, you're right. You need always, to rest and recover. I've always had to keep busy. I've always had projects going. Yeah. And you very rarely get crook, right? Yeah, I it's just uh, sometimes since I've gotten older, I, and it's all airline stuff. I get I had parvovirus a few years ago from the airline. I had bronchitis from the airline. I've never had bronchitis before airplanes the last five or six years. Past five, six years, you've been getting the flu shot. Yeah, I got a, yeah every year. When did you start? Uh, started last year. Last year, last year was the flu shot. Was your first flu shot? Yeah. Yeah. And you haven't been. Oh, now you got bronchitis. Yeah, yeah. I took a friend to a cancer clinic to his oncologist in Nambour. Been over to pick up a magazine, and some woman brought a kid in with a snotty nose, and the kid just coughed all over me. I felt like Kim Jong Un's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> I went, I've got this flu shot. He didn't get me, but he did. Ugh. I'd only had the flu shot two weeks earlier, too, and I'm safe. Didn't work out. Oh. There's that fun hammy that we just found. Oh, yeah. Oh God. Oh. Oh, oh, I'm gonna start stretching that every morning again. Good stuff. 
do your lunges. Activate these glutes. Stretch out. But no, you want to turn them on. You want to get your bum muscles working again. How? Great. Figure it out. You, doc, your doctor sent you to Google. <laughs> hey? Okay. And then put it in your book at the back. <laughs> How to get your glutes working? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, there's puns for days there, isn't it? Yeah. Don't mean to lunge out and explain this, but we'll <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when you get older, you got to do a lot more to try and stay upright. Correct. Muscles twist around each other, do they? Yeah, they're bound up. They're off the rack, that's for sure. Oh. Well, why do they call it a knot, you know? Uh. Just lumps and lumps everywhere. It doesn't surprise me. She puts it in the shower, fills it up with hot water and have some salt. So you can make that much difference. Massive. It's going to calm down all your muscles. And hey, worst case scenario, it does nothing and you just had another hot tub. Cost you 20 bucks. Will it kill the hot tub though? Oh, you're talking like a proper spa? Yeah, yeah. No, it's just salt, isn't it? Magnesium sulfate. That's a good question to ask a cool guy. Yeah, that's just a cool um, guy. 
it, it, you wouldn't think so because it breaks it. It's down. Like I know you don't drink Epsom salts. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, have you done that before? Yep. Oh, yeah. My father had some in the fridge when I was a kid for a carbuncle that he had. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was the ice water, and I went to get a drink out of that thing. Uh, it's the like biggest shit. mess you've ever seen in your life. I yeah. just stood there, couldn't believe it had happened. <laughs> My mother said, "That's what they say. It goes through you like a dose of salts. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they are." It's a great way to dump the world's problems, right? Oh, just, God, just get rid of your shit, man. Yeah, just, I was just. I, I must have been seven or eight years old. I couldn't oh, believe it. No, because you would have forgot like, what's happening. Yeah, what the hell's happened to me? <laughs> I was okay till a minute. I was just thirsty. Yeah. Uh, and you would have chugged it down because yep. you were really thirsty. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Didn't get to that first taste. Go. Oh, this is different. Yeah. Well, There's a really good protocol for cleaning out your liver. <laughs> you do that, and then you do your. At, what is it? Six six p.m. You have a three quarter cup, three quarters of cup Epsom salts chilled, and then at eight p.m. three quarters of cup Epsom salts chilled. Then at nine forty-five you get the ready to have your three three quarters of cup olive oil, three quarters of cup grapefruit, hand squeezed juice. Smash that. Go to bed. Lay on your right hand side. Wake up in the morning at six a.m. Have another three quarters of a cup Epsom salts. Jeez, there'll be nothing left of you. And then no, there's not. You're there for the day. That's guaranteed. And uh, yeah, it flushes you right out. I think there's a better way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like colon cleanse. I would do it again. Nah, it's good though. I mean, it purges the liver. You can really feel it. As soon as it hits the gallbladder, it hits the gallbladder, and then the gallbladder. It's very similar to that coffee enema type thing, yeah. and makes the liver just bulldoze out. You got to stay on your right hand side to help it all push through. And uh, they say it, it helps remove any gallstones as well. But um, the medical medium says 500 mils of celery juice was just as good. I'll do the celery juice anyway. Yeah, celery's got an amazingly strong taste. I tell you. You don't think so, but I make a lot of soups and stuff. And yeah. Celery, celery is what makes them. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard a, I haven't done the celery one. I haven't had a day to sit at home with it. Oh. <laughs> um, they say after a week of doing it, you get used to it. Your body knows when to make the run for it. <laughs> Excuse the pun. Yeah. Had a bit of apple, they say.
Hardly at all because our back's too bad. Yeah. I live a hundred yards from the point at Noosa and I can't carry the board down there and back without the back giving me absolute hell. What do you mean you're a hundred yards from the point at Noosa? Yeah, I live on the edge of the National Park. Really? Yeah. Oh. I don't own it, I just rent it, but it's. Oh. Yeah. Very place to live. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, look, it's a big glass box that looks right into the National yeah, Park. The turtles are so cool. My back fence is the National Park. Oh. So when I, uh, when I got sick a bunch of years ago, I moved in there, and that's kind of been the healing place. Yeah. How long have you been there? When I was 15 years? In, um, yeah. Who owns it? Lady in New Zealand. But I think she's got to think about artists and writers and stuff. Yeah, like those. We've been there. Everybody that's ever lived there has been artists. Yeah. So the way I give them back. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I just got my diving suit in Thailand last Christmas. So yeah, I don't hate, but love it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wait, I'm going to do my advanced. Yeah, ten years ago you'd have spent all your time on those shoulders. Yeah. I used to paddle about fifteen miles a day. Yeah. Every day. Oh, he's not really wanting to do it. 
Alright, champion, really running back for me. I mean, never be the same again? No, <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> No, that came kind of after my whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. I was the biggest sailboard manufacturer of uh, custom sailboards in the world for all through the 80s. Wow. And then my first wife was diagnosed with cancer and I just walked away from it after her. Yeah. Moved to New Zealand with Honeymoon and decided, you know, because the weather would be better anyway. And actually yeah. because orcas had come in, oh. the sharks had moved out. Some battles you don't win. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I was inquiring yeah. with them and And then didn't go back to the sale. No, nah, I just yeah. and it was still three hundred bucks. The business she'd yeah. started the business, it was so, her idea to have yeah, Mike Davis design the whole thing, so I couldn't even stand the smell and, um, of a blank for yeah, my biggest a couple of years after she passed. I see it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I think. Yeah. And I met my especially being my a kind current server, wife, like, and uh, she's an artist, and I said, "Dusk, yeah. you know, and when yeah. you lose your board, you know, my dad is editor of a magazine and Gold Coast. So yeah, I just don't think I need to envision a great wife at that moment. Southern right whale. Southern right. Yeah. Southern right whale. So there's a little bit different shape. Yeah. Maybe my mate saw one of your boards on eBay 15 years ago. <laughs> so many whales. You got some big time for it. Like a little one. We're at the uh, DI on Sunday. And yeah, it's just going back in the day. Out. I'm sure it was one of your boards. It had um. We did over almost fifty thousand. Wow. Oh, I'm bitch. You know, like Oakley or Bad, not Bad Boy, Mad Dog? Mad Dog was the guy from Byron uh, Bay, Johnny Morgan. Who? John Morgan. John Morgan? That was his name, his nickname was Mad Dog. Yeah. Mad Dog Morgan. You know, I must have heard that. Yes, yeah, really nice guy, too. Mad Dog and he was like. Now you're Little kid elementary school. <laughs> That's what they do. They give each other names like that. Was he American too? Come over here. Nah, no. Nah, Aussie boy. He's an Aussie boy. I think he just closed his business down, or sold it, or did something. But last year, mm -hmm. giving it away after a lot of years.
was your nickname? Did they give you a nickname? Oh, it's a kid. Yeah. I was the woodpecker. Yeah? Yeah. Come on, why? Because I have red hair. Red-headed woodpecker. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just called me Pecker. There's other words that means other things to other people. These guys thought they had afflicted me with this thing until I got to college. Yeah. And then all the girls wanted to know what Pecker was, why I was called that. I disappointed as few as I could. <laughs> Guys, I thought that would nickname it and get a laugh out of this. Well, it's like I have a nickname Rabbit. Yeah. But there was a professional surfer named Rabbit from the 50s and the 40s, and that was why he was called Rabbit. It was the real reason. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we were just talking right there on the way up here. The Hawaiian Beach Boys were jiggling us. Rabbit was called Rabbit because that's what he was. <laughs> 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 oh, 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 Guess what? There's another one on the other side. Oh, jeez. I always wonder when you get to those. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, oh. oh. oh a lot of times I've had a mess. <laughs> The neighborhood's gonna wonder what's happening. Uh, no, no, I no, just no. shot the neighborhood. Mm. Oh. No, you're pretty quiet compared to the rest of them. How many boards are you shaping a week now? Oh, none. No. I do one for Reed every now and again. He talks and drags me out. Awesome. He, he always drops a blank off, so I've got something to start on whenever I feel like it. So it's, That's good. So it works you, out for both of us. When you feel that big Z moment. Well, I've always got a board on the go, but sometimes I go downstairs and leave me there another for an hour or something, and I've had enough. My yeah. neck hurts. Get thought to have some lunch. I used to shape 12 a day. Wow. Sailboards, not surfboards. Yeah, but still shaping over like that. Like I've seen shapers work. That's that's hard out. That's a lot of back and forward movement. Well, I was in double XL large t-shirt up until 15 years ago. What, with muscle? Yeah. Wow. I'm not gonna say I'm double XL because it's not much muscle there, buddy, are we? Oh, I used to have a seven inch tall plane where it was this wide. One and a half horsepower motor. Yeah. Put those corn chips on the floor. Wow. And back in the day they weren't like little Makitas, were they? No, 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 no. I don't know why those kids work with those things. They look like irons to me. Yeah. You iron your clothes with stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> a skill or a big Makita, sixteen hundred. Yeah, my planners had better eat the foam as fast as I can push them, that's all. Oh. Eat the foam as fast as you can push them. And those little Makitas won't, you gotta go like real slow. 
So you taught a few people how to shoot? Yeah, a few over the years. Yeah. Anyone surpassed the master? Oh, not yet. It's the design thing that's hard. It's That's where the college came in. And You're in here, yeah. The college came in was, you know, going and knowing which books to find the information in. Understanding geometry and trigonometry. Yeah, well, not so much that. It's, oh, it's uh, Look at hydrodynamics. Hydrodynamics, yeah, yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, for sure. So you've got hydrodynamics, how water acts, how moving waters, because water's a really different thing. You can stand on it, but when you're riding a wave and the wave's really pulling up and starting to spin, it's hard to even stick your hand in the face because it's moving, it's, the surface tension changes the whole dynamic. And that's understanding that with surfboard is really important, most people don't. Wow, so, and you want to have something to be able to cut through that face yeah, that's you moving want, at a you velocity. Want it, you want it to hang on at certain times, and you want it to totally release at certain times. Because water is 785 times denser than air. Mm. So, you know, if you, if you can you can feel it, imagine what kind of a difference it's going to make. You're, you know, you're going to dig in your board or wax in the bottom, clean it off, it slows it down. Not just a little bit, but a lot. Yeah. Keep your board clean. Yeah. And that goes with anything, right? Whether yeah. it's windsurfing or kite surfing, yeah. any form keep of board. Surface, keep your contact surfaces clean. Would you give kite surfing a go now? My back's too bad. The thing is, see... With a back brace? I even with a back brace. You don't want to be out there going into a spasm, would you? It's the, well, it's the downhill pressure. Yeah, right. Where, where the sacrum sits in the, in, yeah, in the actual Yeah, because spot. you're loaded up and it's, yeah. you're, you're uh, trying to... Uh, kite's going one way and you're pulling the board the other. Against it, it's all down your back. Oh. Straight down your spine to where the load is. Yeah, it's not on your arms, is it? No, because you've got a harness, it's all pulling down there, but you're pulling away, going through your heels. That's how you get those safety gloves. I've been hiding in like four or five months now, I'm going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you, sir? Uh, I, I used to like that. See, I'm wondering yeah. it's really good fun, especially in big waves. Oh, not as much anymore. There's only two guys. I see a red one and an orange one. When the wind picks up and the cyclones hit, there's two guys that are out there. Yeah. Not many guys are doing it anymore. No. Yeah. The kite surfing took over because it's just easier. You've got the kite in the middle board that's only this long. Stick it in a bag with a pump and you go to the beach. Yeah. Sailboard, you got a mast. Five sails. Yeah. For different times. Yeah, different, different, yeah, different, different air. Yeah, I've been down there. With Kylie, you can have two. Big one, little one. Yeah. You're done. Uh, one backpack, one yeah. backpack. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give it a go. I'm, I'm really interested. You definitely should. Yeah. You definitely should. There's a girl. I can't think of There's a girl named... Yeah, don't, don't do that for the next 24 hours. Okay. Ingrid, um, Ingrid Rannick, I think she does uh, kite surfing lessons. It only takes a couple. Yeah. That's what Kim says. Kim's very good. I'll give you lessons. You said you wouldn't, but no, I didn't say that. So, yeah, so I'll find. Definitely do it. Yeah, man. Yeah, or do it. Just learn. It's, it's only, 
Actually, what you want to do is get a kite. You just take it to the beach and learn how to fly it. That's what Kim said first. First, so you yeah. understand where neutral is, yeah. where the drive is, yeah, yeah, how to steer it, and then um, because that's the worst thing. I mean, is learning is hanging on. I'm heading for the power lines. Well, <laughs> let go of the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Legend, mate. Thanks, bud. Okay. You made your ass leisurely. Roll on your roll on your side. Push yourself up sideways to get up. Don't just flick up like that. Thanks and have a great day.